0: The question is, how do you get something exceptional? Here's an idea. What if your work not only paid your bills, not only you worked for a company that you wanted to, but actually allowed you to make a meaningful impact on the world? Can your work change the world? Well, if you listen to episode 388, you already know the answer is yes. But the real question is how the heck do you find that type of work.
1: This is the Happen to Your Career podcast
2: with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen.
3: We help you define the work that's unapologetically you,
2: and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott.
0: In the last episode, we showed you how it was possible for anyone to change the world. If you've already listened to episode 388, then you know the three criteria that must be in place to help you make a real significant impact and do purposeful work that might otherwise be known as world-changing. Those three criteria are finding a cause you care about, number one, contributing in a significant way, number two. Number three is, as you've done that, growing and evolving yourself as a person to become more adept at furthering that cause over time. Of course, this means that making an impact on the world starts with figuring out what really matters to you personally and how you can uniquely contribute. Sounds simple enough, right? Simple. Yes. Easy. No. I know, I know this raises so many questions. How do you find causes you care about? How do you know how you can contribute? Don't worry. We're going to give you examples along the way in this episode of how this all works in reality, by the way, behind the scenes, this is the very same place. We have our clients start when they're making a career change. Here's an example of what we do very first with our clients. We help them understand their strengths. Why? Because your strikes give you clues as to how you can best contribute, which is number two that I mentioned earlier, right? Here's Allison Thompson describing a career transition was, she recently was
3: made that client interaction like that's one of my favorite things
0: when Allison says client interaction is one of my favorite things it's because that type of interaction is using her strengths
3: i love building relationships with my clients and you know when you work on you know a large program or like a huge wedding or something like when you work with someone over the span of 9 months on this huge thing you feel like you've been in the trenches and like you've accomplished something with your client and i love that feeling and I I was like, well, you know, I know I don't want to be in hotels, but if I can find something or I can still support and kind of coach and consult with clients, like that would be amazing.
0: These were all clues to how Allison contributes. It allowed her to say, here's how I can help. She also needed a cause to contribute to.
3: So in my current role, that's pretty much what I do. Like It's a health and wellness company, and they were able to really pivot with the pandemic. So a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is with administrators and directors of nursing for nursing home facilities for COVID testing. So we're basically providing like a COVID testing program in these facilities. So my direct clients that I'm dealing with are the administrators and the directors of nursing, their day-to-day COVID testing processes.
0: Okay, back up for a second. Let's review. Allison first identified how she wanted to contribute. And then, second, she found a cause that she wanted to support. This means that you can start with your strengths and get those clues as to how you contribute first. Here's Allison again.
3: But, you know, over the span of just the month and a half I've been working with them, it's like we have a relationship and we have a rapport now. And we've kind of gotten into the groove of them kind of understanding like what my style is as their designated client success specialist, but me also understanding what their style of communication is and how they work and operate from a day-to-day basis.
0: But what if you want to start with that cause first? What if you want to focus your efforts initially on finding an organization that lines up with a cause that you wanna support? That also works as it turns out. The important part, you must have both. (laughs) So the question becomes, what do you really care about? We use a variety of questions with our clients behind the scenes to get clues as to what they really care about. These are questions like, what has hurt in the past for you that you don't want others to go through? Or what challenges, difficulties, and hardships have you overcome? Even the simple question, what causes do you strongly believe in? Interestingly enough, uh, a lot of times, we already know what we care about, but we don't really see a way that we can make a career out of it. So we just ignore what we care about, or we discount what we can actually do about it. It's a really funny human tendency. Let's take a look at what happens when you don't ignore it. Daniela, the CHRO at Phillips, who we had with us in the last episode, realized what was meaningful to her. Also, in the last episode, we mentioned that as a 10-year-old girl, it started out just as a desire to help animals as a veterinarian, and by the time she got to university, she realized that she actually wanted to work with people instead of animals.
4: I just really asked myself, do I want to be with animals around me more in my leisure time and continue to have animals, or do I really want to work with them and also work with the people who own these animals Mm -hmm. and come to you and that was a bit the decision where i decided for myself i think i want to work with humans so i actually registered for a medicine human medicine at the time because instead of being a doctor for animals i said okay i'm going to be a doctor for humans but early into my studies in the first few months i realized i'm more interested in the psychology of human beings and so I shifted to clinical psychology and that's what I studied. While I was um, graduating, I worked in a chemical industry organization and so in this combination with doing my internships in hospitals and this work I did, I realized that I'm more tuned towards corporations, organizations and in particular to companies which have real products. That was something which, which attracted me at the time. So hence, I shifted to human resources
0: An interesting thing that we see with Daniela is that she was also experimenting every chance she could along the way. She was diving into her interests and causes that she did care about to determine both what she actually wanted as well as what would actually work for her now as you saw with her experience she started with a love of animals she got into university she realized she wanted to focus on helping people that started out into the medical field this was an experiment she didn't even fully know if this was the path she really wanted to take and as it turned out she enjoyed the psychology aspects even more so she shifted again this led her down the path into contributing in hr in her roles in hr she was able to connect what she did to the impact she was making. In fact, one of the things we've seen again and again is that you need to be able to connect what you do to what you care about. This helps tremendously for feeling purpose. Here's Rachel Gatling, the lead for supply chain direct to business e-commerce at Phillips organization. She describes how she sees her connection to the cause and how it evolved over time.
1: First, interaction helps me tremendously, interacting with our customers to hearing what they want, what they need yeah. you know, from us as a company. I love the fact that I am able to have a functional role that puts me in contact with processes and products that save people's lives. I'm also... Glad that as part of my role, I'm able to expand and do other things. And so, not just going into different roles, which is, you know, a need for me. It's great. I I love the fact to expand myself, but also, you know, I'm making sure products get to people. I'm making sure that I'm making uh, systems better and processes better. I make sure also that I get to make people better.
0: In the last episode, we mentioned that Rachel found another cause within her organization that she could impact as well.
1: I'm encouraged to mentor and as one that is an advocate for diversity and inclusion, like I was talking about the Women's Network and the Black Professional Network, then I am also called upon to be part of the solution for problems that are existing in our industry today. I'm able to be called upon to be someone that is valuable and valued for her presence and for her contributions. I remember seeing a study somewhere saying, how are men more successful than women in achieving raises? And the study said, because men will actually ask. So I saw this behavior in our Stanford office and I went to HR and I said, it was, it was peak season again, it was so funny. I said, I'm gonna outline a plan for you to be more structured, but I would like the consideration of forming a women's networking group here at Phillips because I want to show women that first we can empower each other and we also can share knowledge but we also need to know we need to inspire empower and lift each other up and motivate each other to go after opportunities when we feel shy or whatever reason we are not worthy we don't want to be seen as too aggressive just different reasons and My HR group said, you know what, Rachel, don't worry. Don't reinvent the wheel. There is something out there in our corporate office that you could utilize as a guide to open up as a chapter. And I actually did the next year because we had to get through our peak season. But I was able to do that because I asked my company for an opportunity.
0: We see that Rachel not only found a way to make an impact for women professionally, Phillips had resources available to help her multiply her results instead of starting from scratch with rachel and harriet tubman and countless others we can see that partnering with an organization multiplies the impact you can make but what about you how can you find the right organization that matches your values and supports the cause that you're passionate about not too long ago i sat down with sherry one of our clients Showing her how to search for organizations that fit based on what she knew about that she cared about, and specifically that tool that I mentioned, Ideal Career Profile. Here's me going through and and showing her how to start her search using Google. This is very much a CSI style approach.
2: So, I have been in a business analyst type role for the last probably 13 ish years. And when I started um, Happen to Your Career, it was because. I was unhappy in my current role and I wasn't sure if it was the role I was unhappy in, like I didn't want to be a business analyst anymore, or if it was what I'm doing and the company I'm in. So through working with Jennifer and figuring out my strengths, I've figured out that like, I really do like being a business analyst and I want to be a product owner, which is just the next step. And it's just what I'm doing in my particular role that I'm not happy in. In the past, I have worked in software development, which I loved and I would like to go back there I've also learned that I have a passion for mental health for one reason or another. I was briefly a psychology major in college. Where you really? Uh, briefly, yeah. I ended up having a management of information systems degree, but yeah. So it's always been an interest of mine and I would love to work doing software development in the mental health space.
0: Sherry knew what she wanted and what her strengths were. She lived in a rural location that was almost two hours away from a major city, so she was very interested in remote work. She wanted to understand how she could find organizations that really fit what she was looking for, that cause. So I went into a few different approaches for how she could actually conduct her search. One really important note here, she's specifically looking for organizations that really combined with her interest in mental health and health and fitness so she's looking for those that create software or create apps however you know that's that's her cause the process that I'm talking about works the same for whatever type of organizations or cause that you're looking for one of the things I found is super helpful for searching for organizations is taking variations of different types of words, almost CSI style, and searching for those combinations. Because you might not get it right in Google the first time, and maybe not in the second time, and probably not the third time either, but <laughs> you know, four, five, six times down the road when you tweak some variations, then you can probably get it right. So let's take a variation of that and see what comes up here. So Oh, by the way, one of the things that we can do too is look for suggested searches too. So I Mm -hmm. have my Google Chrome browser on so that it pops up suggested searches as well. But let's say mental health, how about apps instead of software? That's a Mm -hmm. more current term that more progressive companies have a tendency to use anyways. So that's going to fit that more progressive type organization is probably going to have more progressive culture, which you know, that's a, that's a far, far set of uh, assumptions here, but even starting out with words that are more likely to fit are going to be better way to go. So mental health apps, let's just see what pops up here. Okay. So we've got scholarly articles for mental health apps, top 10 mental health apps. Oh, you know what? Hold on. That might lead us to a different thing. What if we, Oh, here we go. The seven best mental health apps of 2020. What if we took that and just took that as a search potentially uh, again and said best mental health apps? Because that's probably going to get us to a list. Or we can click on one of these. Looks like you know Google's prioritized this 23 mental health apps for stress, anxiety, and more. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to get a list of apps. Oh, look, headspace pops right up. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) We already know about that one. Some of these I guarantee, just if we're looking at apps. Some of these are going to be things that are invented by, or you know, coded by uh, somebody and their brother. And they may not be a full (laughs) organization that is going to be a great fit for you, but there are probably other ones in here too. So we've got Inkscape. Have you heard of some of these here? Some of these, yep. Okay. Calm, the Calm app. Ooh, yeah. That was a Mm -hmm. really big a couple of years ago. Aura, that's another one. PTSD coach. Okay. So we've got a bunch of them here. One of the things that we can do, we've got the mindfulness app, 10% happier. We can actually go and look for the organizations Mm -hmm. that fit those. So let's take the Happify app. So let's see if we can find that Happify app. And then we might have to do a little bit more CSI style work. And say, okay, Happify, or we can go find the app itself, Happify apps on Google Play. We can go look at any one of these. So this comes from Happify, Inc. Okay, so Happify, Inc., we can now take that information and go the, go to the next step. Well, it takes us to Happify.com. So that's probably, the company isn't the same name as the app, apparently. All right, let's go down here. And let's see if we can find what either a list of their team or a list of careers or jobs. First of all, looks like we have a jobs list right here. Let's go into the team section. It'll give us an idea of how big they are. Okay. We've got co founder and CEO. Pretty much all of these are going to have something like that. Uh, Head of Happify, DTX, head of healthcare, medical director, head of content strategy head of enterprise marketing. So part of what I'm looking at right here, now that we're on this website, is trying to get an understanding of the size of this organization. Is it possible that they're going to have the set of resources to be able to hire someone like you? And regardless of whether or not they, as a standard, have remote opportunities or whether they're just like everybody else when we are working through COVID in a remote fashion then this is going to give us some clues as to what they might have available. Okay, so it looks like they've got quite a few people on their leadership team. That's what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. most of here. So I don't know if this is their entire team necessarily, but they've got a fair number of people on their leadership team. Let's go over to that job section here really quick just to get a glance at that. Okay, Happify Health, Director of Talent, New York City, New York City. So let's see, SVP, Payer of Sales. So they do have some... Remote for sure. Okay. Potential for some remote work. So they list a few different things. So this is an organization that already is doing some remote for sure. Likely is doing remote right now, and there may be an opportunity for them to make an exception if you found you know down the road that this is a right organization for you. You're right for it. So on and so forth. That's you know thinking seventeen steps ahead. But right. <laughs> that still is you know, where we need to be at. Let's not rule out that possibility. We don't see anything saying, we do not do remote work at all costs. We pride ourselves upon <laughs> having everyone under one roof at all times because it... In- yeah, we don't see anything. <laughs> okay, so instead we've got a few encouraging signs and that's all we need at this point to add them to our, our target list, assuming that we're seeing other things that line up with your ideal career profile and some of the pieces that you must have or that you're interested in. This is a pretty simple process, but you do have to put effort into it. From these simple searches, you can create a short list of organizations that you can follow up with and see if they line up with your values and the cause that you care about. Okay, so here's the place where people get stuck. A lot of times they're like, well, how do I know if it fully fits on here? How do I know if it's exactly the cause that I care about? Don't worry about that right now. You just need to build a small list of those types of organizations. And then that allows you to continue taking action. You can try to figure out, do they stay on the list? Do they come off the list? But if you don't have a place to start, then you stay stuck. Okay. So then that's where you can use this information to figure out which organizations you want to work with to advance that cause. Now, as we've seen with Daniela Seabrook from Phillips, remember we mentioned her earlier, she, I would say, is a purpose-driven woman, and she has used purpose as a driving force as she looked into which organizations to work with.
4: Roche, for me at the time, really linked the work I was doing to a greater good, and also being able with the work you know, I did and the company did to impact a broader uh, or, or serve a greater good a broader society and the, the health and well-being of people and that was something which really attracted me i really over my time in that company i started to realize this is important for me and from then on every company i chose to work for um, was very much linked to what purpose the company had and was it the purpose which aligned with my values and my own and purpose or not. So um, that is how I actually chose from then on the organizations I work for. And of course, also ultimately Philips, which has a great purpose. And it was really one of the key decision criteria for me to join the company.
0: Okay, when you partner with an organization that's aligned with your values and purpose, that's where you get to make a meaningful impact as long as it's aligned with also the ways that you can contribute, right? Okay, I get that this is a very different approach for the way to look at making career changes, way to look at work, I get all that, absolutely. However, what we consistently see is that those people that are working with organizations and causes that they care about and doing so in a way that allows them to uniquely contribute, those are people that are looking at it from this backwards approach, this unconventional approach first. Here's what you can take from this. If you really want to make an impact on the world, if you really want work that matters to you and matters to other people, and you can see how you're making a contribution, how you're making an impact, how what you're doing is actually creating some kind of real purpose in the world, then you have to start with that in mind. It doesn't happen easily. It happens through a series of small steps, trying to decide, hey, is this a cause that I really want to support? Trying to be able to dive in, do a small experiment, talk to people in an organization and around an organization. But if you don't do something, if you don't start, it's not going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, not only are you losing out on opportunities, but... The world is losing out on you being able to make a real impact that matters.